66 million years ago in modern-day Texas, a Tyrannosaurus rex screamed in the distance. Another dinosaur, the Taurosaurus, heard the roar. It dragged its cattle-like horns across the bark of a tree and ran to a riverbed, looking for a place to hide. Upstream, the Taurosaurus came to a small waterfall. It heard the sound of splashing water, and then a different noise reverberating from a nearby cave. It wasn't a falling stalactite or a different prehistoric predator slapping its claws against the ground. It was steely, like metal against stone. The Taurosaurus couldn't identify it, but a human would have known the noise right away. It was the sound of an iron hammer. Scientists believe Homo sapiens have been around since approximately 315,000 years ago at the least. But a man-made hammer found embedded in a rock that is over 100 million years old might change everything we thought we knew about human history. This small tool suggests the unthinkable. Perhaps human beings are millions of years older than we ever imagined. Maybe man really did live among the dinosaurs. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. This is a one-part episode on the London Hammer, an artifact discovered in 1936. Its unique combination of ancient rock, volcanic iron, and modern design suggested the hammer existed in three eras at once. It puzzled scientists and bolstered creationists who believed God created the world just 6,000 to 10,000 years ago. Carl Baugh, a young Earth creationist, eventually acquired and promoted the artifact in his Creation Evidence Museum. But is the London Hammer authentic? We'll grab our tool belt and see if we can make a dent in this mystery. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In June of 1936, the sun bore down on Central Texas one hot afternoon. A married couple named Max and Emma Hahn hiked along Red Creek near the Llano River. The water ran close to London, a tiny rural town with a population of less than 350. As the Hans hiked, they noticed a strange object sitting on the ground. It was a chunk of rock not much larger than a football with a smooth piece of wood poking out from it. They took it home, thinking it was just an odd hiking souvenir. It sat untouched for over 10 years. Then, around 1946, the couple's son got curious. 25-year-old George Hahn wondered if there was anything inside the strange rock, so he cracked it open, and he found something shocking. Embedded in the stone was a near-pristine hammer. Its thin, almost rectangular head was about six inches long and one inch in diameter. The front of the tool sloped in an odd pattern that looked similar to a plus sign. The wooden handle didn't show signs of petrification, but there were some odd black spots on the end. The surface of the hammer's head looked slightly brown, so George couldn't tell what it was made of. However, upon closer examination, he could see signs of a shiny surface underneath. It was metal. The hammer, still attached to a chunk of stone, remained in the Han family's hands for nearly four decades. Nobody knows exactly what happened during this time period. In all likelihood, George showed it off to friends and family. Over time, the hammer became a local oddity. Then, in 1983, a man named Walter Lang took notice of the artifact. Walter Lang was the writer of the Bible Science Newsletter, and he had a substantial platform in the Christian community. He wrote an article that claimed the London Hammer was encased in stone from the Silurian period. The Silurian period occurred about 440 million years ago, long before humans or dinosaurs roamed the Earth. It's unclear how Lang came to this conclusion, but it drew the attention of other religious fundamentalists. Possibly after reading Lang's article, an outspoken creationist named Carl Baugh acquired the London Hammer. He was so amazed by the artifact that in 1984, he founded the Creation Evidence Museum in order to display it, along with other objects, to the public. The museum was located in Glen Rose, a small town southwest of Dallas, and the self-proclaimed dinosaur capital of Texas. True to the town's reputation, the museum also showcased other wild archaeological findings. These included fossils of dubious authenticity, like a stone that showed human and dinosaur tracks walking side by side. In order to understand why Baugh thought the hammer was so groundbreaking, it's helpful to briefly examine the far-reaching beliefs of young earth creationism. According to the book of Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth in just six days and rested on the seventh. Young earth creationists take these verses and every verse in the Bible literally, even when they conflict with modern science. 
And in America, these types of creationist beliefs are widespread. One 2004 poll showed that 65% of Americans at the time wanted creationism taught alongside evolution in school. But Earth's six-day creation isn't the only creationist belief that clashes with contemporary scientific evidence. Some interpretations of the Bible also suggest that God created the Earth around 4000 BCE. Centuries ago, people had no reason to believe otherwise. In the late 16th century, as Shakespeare wrote the play As You Like It, he had one of his characters say the words, The poor world is almost 6,000 years old. But as the 20th century approached, the scientific revolution brought biblical assumptions into question. Advancements in geology revealed the world to be much more than 6,000 years old. Try 4.54 billion. Geologists know this because over the course of eons, sedimentary layers broke down, hardened into rock, and stacked on top of one another. These layers are commonly known as strata. By dating certain elements in the rock, scientists estimated the ages of the strata in which they were found. This definitively proved that the Earth was billions of years old. But creationists rejected the evidence. They had another explanation for the layered rocks and the fossils found within them. According to some, fossilized organisms were submerged during a cataclysmic event, the biblical flood. In Genesis chapter 7, God instructed Noah to gather a brood of animals on a large ship. Then he said, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. The ship was Noah's Ark. Many creationists believe that fossils are the remains of all the animals that didn't make it onto the boat. In Carl Baugh's eyes, the London Hammer was part of this same disaster. It was a modern artifact preserved by the Great Flood lodged in rock that only appeared to be ancient. According to him, all the geological data was wrong and he was going to prove it. In the 1980s, the hammer was reportedly brought to Battelle Laboratories in Columbus, Ohio. Technicians analyzed the hammer's composition, but what they found only added to the mystery. The head consisted of 96.6% iron, 2.6% chlorine, and 0.74% sulfur by weight. Baugh claimed that this composition would be impossible to create today under modern conditions, as he and others argued that chlorine can't be combined with iron. According to Baugh, the London hammer was either created using ancient technology or forged in a totally different environment, like a climate that no longer exists. But not everyone believed this extraordinary claim. In 1985, an anthropologist named John R. Cole published an article titled, If I Had a Hammer. Cole pointed out that the London hammer seemed to be of recent American historical style and wondered why nobody had determined its age using radiocarbon dating. Perhaps most importantly, Cole brought up the possibility of a modern concretion. A concretion occurs when minerals harden around an intrusive object. For example, stalactites often grow around debris left in caves. Prior to this revelation, people believed that the hammer and the rock it was encased in had to be from the same time period. 
In other words, if the stone was ancient, the tool had to be ancient too. But this wasn't true. The London hammer might have been thrown into a crack or dropped on the ground. Over a relatively short period of time, maybe a century, prehistoric stone could have hardened around it. If true, this theory would smash Baugh's claims completely. But since Cole first mentioned a concretion in 1985, the controversy surrounding the hammer has only grown. Both sides, the Bible believers and the secular skeptics, have sparred over the legitimacy of the artifact. Some of Baugh's claims are beyond belief, but perhaps scientists are too stuck in their ways to see the truth. We'll take a hard look at this rocky puzzle and do our best to uncover whether this mystery goes back millions or just hundreds of years. Coming up, did human giants roam the Earth? Massive spiders, fierce crocodiles, violent kangaroos. With all of the dangers lurking within Australia, one species remains feared above the rest. Humans. Hi listeners, it's Alastair from Parcast, and I'm hosting a new Spotify original called Crime Down Under. Every Sunday on Spotify, take a trip to the oldest continent for some of the most shocking true crime cases in modern history. Featuring a compilation of episodes from shows across Parcast Network, Crime Down Under exposes the vicious serial killers, mysterious disappearances, and terrifying crime families whose stories still stop Aussies dead in their tracks. From the beaches and deserts to the cities and suburbs, the land down under may be vast, but the horrors are hiding around every corner. Catch a new episode of Crime Down Under every Sunday. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. In 1936, two hikers discovered a strange rock near London, Texas. About a decade later, their son cracked open the stone. Inside, he found a well-preserved tool, the London Hammer. Around 1983, young Earth creationist Carl Baugh acquired the bizarre artifact. He believed the London Hammer supported the idea that the Earth was just 6,000 years old and that humans once lived alongside dinosaurs. Baugh was so convinced that he opened a museum dedicated to his beliefs, but many doubted the hammer's authenticity. Let's examine the London hammer and see who's right, starting with the handle. When the Hans discovered the artifact, the short wooden pole was the only visible part of the instrument. Considering the rock was millions of years old, the wood was in remarkably good condition. However, when Baugh brought the item to Battelle Laboratories, technicians said the shaft had become partly colified. Colification is a very slow process that takes millions of years. 
It also requires certain conditions, high volumes of heat and pressure. In order to reach this state, scientists reportedly said that the tool must have been under a lot of force, perhaps from volcanic activity. This might lend credence to the creationist argument. Some young Earth believers theorized that the Great Flood was actually caused by the movement of tectonic plates. Tectonic plate movement can result in earthquakes and widespread volcanic activity. These natural disasters could have sent steam shooting from the planet's depths, which then coated the Earth in a torrent of rain. It might seem counterintuitive, but according to this argument, floods and volcanoes can actually go hand in hand. That's why coal is key. If shifting tectonic plates caused God's great flood, then the London hammer could have sunk all the way down to the Earth's mantle. There, temperatures increase and pressure is high. The conditions beneath the Earth's crust might have turned the hammer's handle to coal. But probably not. Only a small portion of the handle was coalified, so it's unlikely that the London hammer spent time in the Earth's mantle. Plus, the carbonization could have happened at any point, not necessarily during biblical times. Unfortunately, there's no detailed visual record of the hammer until the 1980s. We don't know whether the supposed coal was there when Max and Emma Hahn first stumbled on it. Baugh might have even burned the tip himself, creating bits of charcoal. The origin of the small black spot is inconclusive, so we'll move on to a harder-hitting topic, the hammerhead itself. The composition of the head, an unearthly combination of chlorine and iron, was also an enigma. According to Baugh, Battelle laboratory technicians said this chemical composition couldn't be replicated under modern conditions. To Baugh, this proved that the hammer was a pre-flood relic, and like a prehistoric cipher, it held clues about the Earth's early climate. Baugh theorized that before the Great Flood, there was ten times the amount of ozone that there is today. According to Genesis chapter 1, verse 7, God created a canopy of water that hovered above the Earth's surface, and Baugh seemed to believe that this resulted in increased ozone. Baugh claimed that this was why larger beings, like dinosaurs, once thrived on Earth. But he didn't stop there. He also said giant humans once roamed the planet. Baugh had a fossil that supposedly corroborated this theory, a prehistoric fossilized finger that he claimed was found near Glen Rose. According to the Creation Evidence Museum, the fossil was sectioned, cat-scanned, and identified as the ring finger on a female's left hand. To make things even weirder, the digit was twice the size of an average human finger. It seemed to belong to a giant. John R. Cole, the same anthropologist who debunked some of Baugh's claims in 1985, thought the theory was a giant reach. According to him, increased ozone wouldn't produce the conditions for enormous humans. Instead, he asserted, quote, it would cause a massive plague of animal and human cancer and mucous membrane searing. So if it wasn't the atmosphere, there must be another explanation for the hammer's strange composition. Perhaps it was the result of a lost metalworking technology. Beginning in the third millennium BCE, 
people in parts of Europe, Asia, and Africa made tools from a novel metal. Slicker than stone, but sturdier than bronze. It was called iron. Soon after, the Iron Age began. However, the Bible suggests a different origin. Genesis chapter 4, verse 22, mentions that a man named Tubal-Cain forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal-Cain was a direct descendant of Adam and Eve, and he lived well before the Iron Age. To forge the metal, Tubal-Cain must have used an ancient lost recipe. He needed a technique that didn't rely on furnaces or other modern amenities. The London hammer might be evidence that he'd found one. In 1992, an energy company called Texas Utilities conducted an X-ray analysis of the instrument. The surface density was 6% greater than the inside of the mallet. According to technicians, this meant the hammer was of a superior quality and a sign of high-technology metallurgy. In short, the hammer's iron was extraordinarily dense, especially after the many years it spent encased in rock. It was remarkably pure and showed no interior bubbles, which are common in modern metalwork. John McKay, one of Baugh's supporters, noticed something even stranger in the creationist journal formerly known as Creation Ex Nilo. He wrote that the mallet had, quote, an unusually shiny transparent layer when it was discovered, and it did not corrode for several months. One can now see this metallic layer with their naked eye. Around 1946, George Hahn is said to have sliced into the head with a file. After almost a century, many observers claim the nick hasn't rusted. The metal is unusually resilient, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the hammer was the result of a long-lost technology. In 1997, an investigator and dinosaur track specialist named Glenn Kubin uncovered an important clue. Kubin found a leaflet inside an issue of Creation Ex Nilo. He looked more closely at the leaflet and saw that it contained some fine print that read, quote, All inferences that research on the hammer was done or prepared by Battelle Laboratories are in error. Baugh had insinuated that chemical tests were done on the hammer, but there were no records of such analysis. Most likely, Battelle Laboratories never touched the artifact. The tests were either done privately or not conducted at all. Even creationists admitted that the claims about flood-era volcanic pressure were nothing more than verbal reports. It's unclear whether scientific statements about the artifact came from accredited researchers or if they were simply Baugh's own conjecture. This fine print throws all claims of advanced metallurgy, ancient atmospheres, and hot magma into question. The hammer was a legitimate archaeological find, but Baugh excavated whatever he could, real or fabricated, to support his rocky hypothesis. But there's actually a simple process that can be performed on the handle to learn how old the apparatus is. It's called carbon dating. Carbon dating can determine an object's age by analyzing its radioactive properties. All living organisms absorb the radioactive isotope carbon-14 from the atmosphere. After they die, they no longer amass the chemical, but it continues to decay. Scientists can tell how long something has been dead by measuring its remaining carbon-14. But there's a catch. 
Carbon dating is only accurate for about 50,000 years. If an artifact is any older than that, scientists can no longer get an accurate reading. This means that if the London hammer is less than 50,000 years old, carbon dating would reveal its age. In 1989, creationist Walter Brown wrote that Baugh was eager to get the London Hammer carbon dated. However, Baugh would only perform the test under three conditions. First, he insisted on using mass spectrometry, the most efficient method of carbon dating. Second, he had to be present during the procedure. And finally, someone else needed to pick up the tab. Apparently, the radiocarbon laboratory at the University of California, Riverside, agreed to the first two stipulations, but the third condition seemed a bit excessive. Then, in 1990, someone took the bait. A pseudoscience expert named Robert Schadewald offered to finance the endeavor, but only if the hammer turned out to be as ancient as Baugh claimed. Baugh should have been overjoyed, the debate could finally be put to rest with someone else footing the bill. But even after Schadewald agreed to his stipulations, Baugh refused to go through with the test. It was as if he knew that carbon dating would prove the hammer was much younger than he claimed. So it's pretty safe to say that even Carl Baugh knows the London hammer is a modern tool. However, other questions remain. Why and how did the hammer end up in stone from the age of the dinosaurs? Coming up, the discovery of a nearby mine. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, back to the story. Creationist Carl Baugh acquired the London Hammer around 1984. He showed it off in his newly opened museum and claimed he'd conducted tests to prove its ancient origin. Even though his claims were repeatedly debunked, Baugh doubled down. He made a fuss over a tool that probably wasn't so unique. But there was something genuinely mysterious about the artifact. Somehow, it was found encased in stone that was millions of years old. Something as innocuous as a plastic fork could have been found in this ancient earth, and it still would have been remarkable. It looked as if a modern object had been buried for millennia, and scientists were at a loss. They didn't have definite answers for how it got there. Max and Emma Hond found the rock sitting on a ledge close to the mouth of Red Creek near the Llano River. Baugh and other creationists assumed the stone was once part of the nearby rocks. The falls area is a conglomeration, 
an outcrop of several rock types that all weave together. However, in Walter Lang's first report in 1983, he claimed the hammer was encased in Silurian rock. The Silurian period began about 443 million years ago. It was a time when sea levels were high and oceanic life thrived. There wasn't an abundance of land that could support life, let alone opportunities for ironwork. Perhaps realizing this, Carl Baugh developed a different narrative. He said the rock came from an Ordovician formation. This would make the stone even older, potentially 488 million years. Strata from this time are usually darker and rich with muddy clay. In Creation Ex Nilo, John McKay claimed the hammer was encased in 300-million-year-old limestone. That would put it in the Carboniferous period, a time when swampy forests laid the literal foundation for coal. Finally, sometime between 1985 and 1990, a local researcher named John Watson discovered the real answer. The rock around the hammer was sandstone from the Cretaceous period. Creationists accepted his finding, likely because it fed into their narrative. The Cretaceous period began about 146 million years ago and became the height of the dinosaurs' reign on Earth. But the Cretaceous period ended in dramatic fashion, with one of the most prevalent theories suggesting that an asteroid impact caused a mass extinction event. In this scenario, when the asteroid slammed into the Earth, shockwaves and tsunamis sent boiling dust into the atmosphere. As it fell back to Earth, it was like the sky rained fire. After the plants died off, the food chain suffered, and more and more animals went extinct as a result. It was the end of an era. So if the strata surrounding the hammer was from the Cretaceous period, it would have meant that man and dinosaur walked the Earth together. This would have wide-reaching implications. As creationist Ian Juby put it, quote, man and dinosaur living at the same time would prove that evolution is wrong, that the Earth is young, and that the biblical account of creation would certainly be correct. These are all technical possibilities, but there are a lot to hinge on the discovery of a single hammer. Knowing that the sandstone near the Llano River was from the Cretaceous period is only a piece of the puzzle. The important thing is how this hammer got inside the rock. In 1985, John R. Cole proposed an answer. Chemically soluble minerals exposed to a solution can dissolve and then harden around a foreign object, such as a hammer. This is called a concretion which is almost like a stone tumor endlessly accumulating around the original nucleus. And if you crack it open, there's a little surprise inside, a geological Easter egg. As opposed to the buildup of strata, which takes eons, a concretion can accumulate relatively quickly. For instance, World War II artifacts were discovered in coral reefs off the Pacific Ocean. The gear was encased in limestone, a concretion that developed in about 40 years. Since concretions can take only decades to form, the London Hammer could have been much more contemporary than previously believed. An early American might have simply dropped it after a hard day on the job. With that in mind, let's examine who might have been holding the hammer in the first place. 
Even creationists agree that the artifact looks similar to a 19th century American mining hammer. The condition of the handle also suggests that the tool was made recently. Despite the talk of supposed colification, the wood is in fairly good condition. Dr. Arlton Murray, a paleontologist and creation scientist, suspected the instrument was a type of hammer that he owned himself, a tool that repaired wagon wheels. But creationist Ian Juby didn't buy it. He believed the formation around the hammer couldn't be modern. It looked nothing like other sandstone buildups. Juby wrote that a typical concretion matrix is filled with gravel, rust, and rocks. The London hammer, on the other hand, was embedded in smooth sand, sand which contained one other clue, an unidentified shell. While some believe the shell belongs to a modern clam, further supporting the idea of concretion, others think it could be much, much older. During the 1990s, John Watson and creationist David Lines reportedly made expeditions to the Llano River. They trekked miles upstream from where the hammer was found. There, among layers of Cretaceous sandstone, they uncovered fossilized palesopod shells. Palesopods are a type of mollusk enclosed in a flat shell like clams and oysters. If the shell found in the sandstone surrounding the London hammer was a palesopod, that meant the rock was likely from the Cretaceous sandstone upstream. To some, this made the possibility of a modern concretion seem less likely. Ian Juby also noted another oddity. In modern concretions, shells are usually badly eroded, but the shell in the London hammer rock was smooth and intact. It seemed like it had been frozen in time after some cataclysmic event, the Great Flood. In the end, Juby argued that the supposed concretion was actually just regular Cretaceous rock. However, one major clue casts doubt on Juby's speculations. Hidden near the falls of Red Creek, very close to where the hammer was originally found, was a silver mine. According to Juby himself, a Spanish mining company operated in the area through the 1800s and early 1900s. This might account for both the hammer, which some believe to be a mining tool, and the concretion. As researcher Glenn Kubin wrote, quote, It's possible that the nodule might contain a mixture of ancient and modern sediments or organic remains, as might occur in muddy puddles and pits in a mining operation. It seems too convenient to be a coincidence. The hammer resembles a 19th century mining tool. It was found at a location just yards away from a mine. The mineral-rich sediment of a mine is the perfect environment to form a modern concretion. While it does sit in a small-town Texas museum, the tool is probably more art than artifact. The circumstantial evidence seems open and shut. Even so, carbon dating is our only chance at solving the mystery of the London Hammer once and for all. And strangely enough, in 1997, creationist David Lines claimed that the specimen actually had been carbon dated. According to him, the results showed inconclusive dates ranging from the present to 700 years ago. But Lines gave no formal report or details about where this testing was done. Instead, he noted that some foreign organic material had worked its way into the wood. 
The carbon was contaminated, so dating could no longer give an accurate read. Any hope for a definitive answer was smashed. The hammer remains an enigma. It sits in the Creation Evidence Museum as a contradiction of rock, iron, and eras. If Lines is correct, we might never know the true origin of this relic. His report is the last known serious inquiry we have into the artifact. In the past 25 years, Ba hasn't publicly attempted to substantiate his claims with carbon analysis. It seems he would rather sell tickets to a museum exhibit than pay for scientific proof. In all likelihood, the London artifact was always just a simple hammer that built a mystery without a foundation to stand on. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with a new episode. For more information on the London artifact, amongst the many sources we used, we found Glenn Kubin's article, The London Hammer, an alleged out-of-place artifact, extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Nick Johnson with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Ben Caro with writing assistance by Karis Allen and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Bennett Logan and research by Bradley Klein. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Hi there, it's Alastair from Parcast. You may have heard of the Somerton Man, Azaria Chamberlain, or the Wonder Beach Murders. But do you know the whole terrifying truth? Be sure to check out my new series, Crying Down Under, where we travel to the land down under to explore the most shocking true crime cases in Australian history. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Crime Down Under, and catch a new episode every Sunday, free and only on Spotify. <laughs>